Hey there. Thanks for joining us for the latest podcast from Resound Church. We really believe that together we are better, and our heart is to reach, send, nurture, and disciple people as they become all that God has intended them to be. You can subscribe to our content on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, or head over to our website, resound.church forward slash app, to grab our app, which will keep you up to date with everything going on. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. Well, good morning again, Resound Church. Good to be able to speak to you for a few moments today. You know, we've gone through some challenging times recently. I know for many Victorians, there's been a significant adjustment in our daily routines. Uh, There is a health and economic impact to the restrictions that we've experienced as a result of the coronavirus. I know that um, around the world, many, many nations are still struggling with the impact of what's happening. And um, and while we complain about what we're going through compared to many others, um, we're, we're doing well. Many countries continue to struggle with what to do. And they're weighing up the pros and cons of both. They're saying, well, there's the health and well-being of the people uh, and there's the economic well-being of the people, which also affects the health and well-being of people. And it's a, it's a challenging time. You know, in, in our own nation, uh, many businesses have closed. Uh, the hospitality sector has been decimated. Sole traders are, are in a really difficult place because they've uh, not been able to receive any of the government support. Uh, that's been offered and they're not able to do their work and uh, many of those small businesses operate week to week you know the money that comes in goes out the next week and um, and obviously they've gone now for many months without that and um, I heard many stories of people that have selling all the assets that they have just to continue to keep food on the table and so there's no doubt that um, this is affecting our nation in particular our state. One critical component of our psychological well-being is hope. Where hope is lost, people flounder. And you know, just as we've seen the decrease in numbers recently, it's been interesting to experience what I would say is heightened hope in people. It's sort of like, okay, it seems like things are getting better. Uh, Hope is returning for some And cynicism continues for others. You know, hope and cynicism seem to go go together. Sometimes they're partners within the same person. It's it's an ironic thing. You know, people are saying, oh, I hope this is going to be all over soon. And then the other people, oh, no, it won't be over and should be over already. And it's interesting the way that people are are uh, experiencing both emotions internally and uh, and often verbalizing it. Cynicism is destructive. Uh, hope is essential. Name calling has become common. It's what we did in the schoolyard when someone was different or we didn't agree with them and couldn't articulate our argument well. We resorted to name calling. Uh, disagreement shouldn't resort to name calling, uh, yet that's what's happening. It's happening in the media, it happens with um, well meaning, articulate people. They've resorted to shortened names and uh, saying things about people that have got nothing to do with their uh, what they're actually doing. It's just a way of getting to them, expressing their frustration. The Bible says in Proverbs 13 and verse 12, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but longing fulfilled is a tree of life. 
Another verse in Ecclesiastes chapter 9 and verse 4 says this, anyone who is among the living has hope. Even a live dog is better off than a dead lion. I love the second passage in particular. It just draws a funny picture. You know, you're better off being a live dog than a dead lion. Lions are extraordinary when they're alive, but when they're dead, they've got nothing to offer. They create no fear. But a live dog still has some options uh, for it. But I want to focus this morning on um, the passage of Scripture in Proverbs 13 and verse 12. It says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. Heart sickness shows itself in many different ways. It could be a changed demeanor, could be a feeling of heaviness that's unexplained. It could be a new tendency towards unhealthy behaviors, meaning overeating or overdrinking or overviewing or simply vegetating. Heart sickness could be a habit of reassessing the people and the circumstances around you in a, in a more negative light than usual. It could be a new energy for anger and intolerance and random periods of teariness. It could be a feeling of being down without a reason. Perhaps you may well be feeling depressed or you've got a compelling desire to simply escape from something which is undefinable. Heart sickness is the result of a loss of hope. And so whenever we identify with some of the feelings that I've just indicated, it indicates there's something wrong with our hope. It means that hope is being lost. And I'm sure it's true of every single one of us as we've gone through this period. There have been times where I've been at home and I'm just bored and I I joke with Ruth and say, hey, let's go out to the movies. And she goes, we can't go to the movies, you know, and it's like, oh, yeah, we've got to stay home. We can't go out of the five kilometre radius around our house. We've just got to stay home. Uh, The two hour exercise period we've got now, well, once you've done that, what else is there that you can do if you're you're not working? I I, I don't want to watch the TV. I get sick of it. Some of it's just pointless. I know there are many people who are feeling very sad because they're unable to be with their friends or their neighbours, their relatives. Uh, They miss their children or their grandchildren or their mums and dads or their grandparents. And all of this adds up to this feeling of heart sickness. It's like hope. Hope's either deferred, it's too far away, or it's lost altogether. And um, I think in particular of people who have loved ones who are in hospital and they're unable to see them or visit them and... um, I know, you know, I heard a story recently of someone who said, I don't know if I'll see my mum again. Uh, She's so unwell, but I can't see her, I can't visit her. The potential of hope creates health. The loss of hope creates weariness that goes, it knows no bounds. I know for some of you this topic is, is hardly the exciting thing you want to hear on a Sunday morning, but I think it's important to talk about because it's something we're all going through to one degree or another. We've been locked in our homes for many months. People have lost income. Some people have lost their jobs. People have lost loved ones. They're no longer able to visit. People in hospital, they can't participate in funerals. There have been people who have been unable to attend weddings or simply to go to their workplace. We've all been affected. You know, knowing that someone is worse off than you doesn't actually help matters. It doesn't change your circumstance. 
and nor is it an appropriate way to alleviate the pain or the grief that you're feeling. Knowing that someone else is doing it tougher doesn't make you feel better. It makes us sad knowing that they're going through what they're going through. Introspection may help assess priorities, motives and achievements, but hope focuses on an external outcome beyond ourselves. And so it's okay at, from time to time to look deeply within and to assess what's going on. But hope is outside of us. It's not something that we derive ourselves. It's, it's, it's hope in something beyond ourselves. Hope has the power to cascade its benefits to all areas of our life. It's like a waterfall that can start from the top and literally saturate everything below it if you'll allow it. Hope, though, is a choice. It's something you choose. It's not something that comes on you. You don't sit in your dreariness and suddenly find hope arising. It doesn't work that way. It's something you choose. Another thought, the hopeless suffer minute by minute, savaged by their own thoughts. In Psalm 33, and I'm going to read it to you from verse 16, it says this, No king is saved by the size of his army, no warrior escapes by his great strength. A horse is a vain hope for deliverance, despite all its great strength, it cannot save. But the eyes of the Lord are on those who fear him, on those whose hope is in his unfailing love, to deliver them from death and keep them alive in famine. We wait in hope for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. In him our hearts rejoice, for we trust in his holy name. May your unfailing love be with us, Lord, even as we put our hope in you. If, as I suggested a little earlier, hope has the power to cascade down like a waterfall, then I think this scripture bears it out. The point is made in this passage of scripture that the king is not saved by the size of his army. A warrior doesn't simply escape by his great strength. A horse will not have the power to deliver you, nor does a car in our day and age. But God watches over those who fear him. Our hope is in his unfailing love. He can deliver from death. He can enable us to survive in a famine. He is our help and shield. Our hearts rejoice for we trust in him. As we put our trust in you, it's a journey we continue to take. Placing our hope in God is quite different to the other sorts of hope that there are. You know, we all love movies of some sort or another. Some enjoy documentaries, some enjoy history, some enjoy romance, some enjoy kids' movies. But the, the sort of movies that attract me and attract many others are the, are the sort of movies where there's someone who's, who's suffering in some way or another. They're downtrodden, they're hurt, they're being bullied. And along comes a hero. An old movie some of you will have seen is the Karate Kid and Mr. Miyagi rides in on the scene and uh, beats up on those who are trying to bully uh, the Karate Kid. Uh, for others, you know, if we bring it up to a few years closer, Rocky, he always played his part. The reason we enjoyed those movies was he was able to somehow triumph over the difficulty of the challenges of the people that he faced up to. Superman, the Avengers, the Black Panther. Do you know even Lassie and Skippy had the power to change the circumstance for someone who was lost or lonely or hurt? They were the heroes in the movie and gave hope to those who are finding themselves in some sort of difficulty. Movies are built around a hero riding in to save the day. 
just so that you, just so that you know it's that movies they're not always true as a matter of fact very often it doesn't actually happen like the movies say that they do so our hope is not in some fictional hero in some miraculous cure in some economic rebound our hope needs to be in god with whom we're in relationship with he watches over us he watches over you and so when we talk about having hope in god what does it actually mean and what does this potential of hope cascading down all over us mean do you know we know scripturally ultimately our hope is in god the reason our hope is in god is because christ died for our sins he reconciled us to himself and, and he is teaching us to be more like him. I know that ultimately my hope is that I will see him one day and that he will see me. It's, it's sort of like a, an end of time sort of thing. It's sort of like changes perspective. It starts at the top. If, if I know that ultimately, no matter what happens to me here on earth, that I will see him, that it enables me to endure significant things. And we, we read about so many stories in the Bible where people were persecuted and ultimately what kept them going was the thought that they would see God eventually in the end. Now, uh, the world may be in turmoil, but my hope starts at the top. It starts with him and everything else that happens fits within that primary conviction and choice to know that God is the hope of my life and that he has it all in control. It doesn't mean everything is going to turn out right from my perspective. People lose jobs. Relationships do break up. People do get sick and they do die. Some lives are taken uh, inappropriately. Some people are murdered. But ultimately, God's in control and he is our hope. He's the one we look forward to seeing eventually at some point in time. There are many in our world who are taken advantage of and live in a world of pain. My encouragement today to you, whoever you are, wherever you are, is to put your hope in God, to trust in him, to know that at the end of our life, at the end of our time, we have an opportunity of meeting together with him, no matter what our life has turned out like here on earth. My hope starts with God and I exercise my faith with him to start. It rebalances everything else. It changes my worldview. It revalues the things around about me and reprioritizes everything in its wake. It seems trite to say this, but let's recall what the Bible says, because the Bible is the only source, the reliable source of truth that we have. And what God has promised and is capable of comes from the Bible itself. In Romans 15 verse 4, it says this, for everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. In other words, the Bible gives us the, the reality of what life is really like. It doesn't draw an unrealistic picture. It's not, a, it's, it's not full of unrealized promises. It tells, things, tells you things as they are. Just earlier this week, I was reading in the book of Acts and, and you know, Acts chapter 7 tells the story of uh, Stephen and his martyrdom uh, we could say well it didn't turn out all right for him no it didn't turn out all right for him from our perspective but ultimately 
ultimately he met with his God. And everything is all right from an eternal perspective. Jeremiah 29, 11, we're, we're well known for quoting this. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. And, and those words, we hold on to them, but usually our perspective is here and now. We want everything to turn out right here and now. We want to be relieved of pain here and now. We want everything to be good here and now. But the Bible speaks of an eternal perspective that we're to hold on to. And and if I can say it again and say it simply, our hope needs to be in God. It doesn't mean everything turns out just as we want here and now, but it means ultimately it will turn out here uh, right uh, uh, beyond this. There are many times where God does come and he, he, he answers prayer. He heals the sick. He provides for us. But, but the temporal things, our focus needs to be on eternal things. In Romans chapter 5, verse 3 to 5, it says this, Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. What this passage is saying is, listen, as you go through suffering, it's going to produce perseverance in you. As you continue to go through suffering, you will get stronger. You will be able to continue. And then that perseverance produces character. It makes you a better person. It makes you a a, a more Christ-like person. And as you continue to change, hope, if you like, bursts from within us. We, by no means are we suffering like many people around the world. But can I say this, whatever level of suffering you're experiencing, allow it to lead toward hope. Know that there is a better day ahead and that better day ahead is determined by God. It's not determined by us. Of course, we pray believing that God will change situations and circumstances, but ultimately our hope and our trust needs to be in the God of eternity. Not just the God of our, uh, of our desires today, but the God of eternity. And let your hope in him revalue, reprioritize everything else that's going on around about you. The Apostle Paul said in Philippians chapter 1 and verse 21, For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. In other words, while we continue to live on this earth, we're going to spend ourselves on behalf of Christ to help others around about us. It's not about our opinion. It's not about our rights. It's about the love of Christ born in our hearts, being demonstrated and, if you like, distributed to others around about us. Because ultimately, when we do die, we gain, we win, we, we, we endure to the end. And Paul was saying this. He's saying, I, I don't know which is better for me to go to for, for me to go and be with God or for me to die and be with God or whether it's to stay here and to continue to be like Christ to all of you. In the end, he said, oh, I need to stay. There's much more work to be done. And the reason you're here, the reason you're listening is there's more work for you to do. It's not about accruing comfort. It's not about accruing assets. It's not about accruing uh, accolades. It's not about somehow getting something for yourself. It's about continuing to be Christ to those around about you so that they might experience the eternal hope that we have. As we look around us, 
The world is hurting because of what it's losing. Our hope in God allows us to operate from a different perspective. The reason you're hurting, the reason you're grieving is because of what you appear to be losing. But if you allow the hope you have in God to reprioritize everything else, it can affect you for good. Without hope, it's difficult to offer hope to others. It's like drawing from an empty well. What we need to do is we need to lock in hope in our lives. And we need to make a decision that there is a God who loves and cares for us. And some people will say, oh, well, I'm just not sure about that. Do you, do you know, when you read the Bible, you enter it with a presupposition. The Bible is the power to change. But if your presupposition is that what the Bible says won't change you, then it doesn't have the power to do that. When you approach God, you, you approach him with a presupposition. It's, 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 a, it's about faith. It's sort of like if you approach God and lack faith, you don't believe in him, then it's, it's not likely that God is going to work on your behalf. We need to lock in a presupposition that there is a God and that he loves us. When we read our Bible and as we read our Bible, hope increases. When we pray and rethink our values, hope increases. When we evaluate the things that we're going through from a, an eternal perspective, then hope increases. And you know what's important for you is to gain hope. The reason it's important is because you've got nothing to offer somebody else unless you're prepared to exhibit hope yourself. Hope for others can be conveyed to them through gentle, considered, progressive steps. It's like walking up a hill. You take one step at a time. You see where they're at. You slowly assist them in taking the next step and because you can't take it for them. If you're working with someone who is in a hopeless situation, then your role, your responsibility, your task as a Christ follower is to take steps with them so that they can return to a place of hope. Blasting at them the reason you, you have hope is not, is not going to do it. What you need to do is walk alongside them, put yourself in their shoes and take a step, a small step each, each, each part along the path so that they can take the step with you. It's sort of like when a, a baby is learning to walk, you, you don't walk at the normal pace you walk at when you're teaching a baby to walk. You, you hold them and you allow them to take one step at a time. And when you're conveying hope to someone else, you've got to understand where they're at and take them one small step at a time so that they can receive the benefit that hope can give to them as well. As much as hope is important personally, Providing hope for others is our best preoccupation. In other words, when you derive hope from your relationship with God, sharing that hope with others is, is a key thing. It's, it, it ought to be our focus. It, you know, sharing the love of God with others is the, the, the task that we have. Jesus said when asked about the greatest command, he said, well, the greatest command is this, to love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and body and mind. And I've just marked that up. But the second one is like, and he said, to love your neighbor as yourself. In other words, to express yourself in such a way that they know they're valued. And you can't do that unless you know you're valued. Unless you know that you're valued by God and that your eternal perspective uh, is focused on a re reconciliation relationship with him, you can't convey that hope to anyone else. Would it be those who are filled with hope and those who are hope givers? I just, 
I just want to summarize what I've said briefly. Number one, hope is acutely important to your psychological well-being, but not only that, your physical well-being as well. Hope is a choice that you make that needs careful cultivation. You know you need hope when you're not feeling hopeful. Thirdly, hope can work like a cascading waterfall if it starts in God. In other words, my perspective about everything else changes because my hope is in Him. And fourthly, helping others to regain hope starts with you understanding them and carefully assisting them to take each minute step. We live in hope, with hope, and share hope to those around about us. We pray together with me. Father, my prayer today is that everyone who hears this will be encouraged, that they will, as it were, take time to allow hope to build within their being, that where they've lost hope, that they'd be able to regain hope, that they'll choose hope, and that it will, the benefit of hope will, as it were, address the areas of sickness that they might feel, heart sickness. I pray also that we could be hope givers, that as we go out into the world and the days that lie ahead, that others would derive hope from the hope that we ourselves experience, that they would sense the, the love that we have for them and benefit as a result. Father, I pray for our nation. I pray for our city. Let it be a place filled with hope. As we continue to move forward and out of the, the uh, restrictions that we currently experience, may we move forward with a sense of optimism and excitement. Lord, we know that this whole thing has not caught you by surprise and that that is an ex extraordinary opportunity for us to be refined in our character, to increase our perseverance and to be filled with hope. Father, bless each one who listens today, I pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Hey, what a great message. Thanks for joining us here at Resound Church. We pray that you've been encouraged through the message and that you've grown just a little bit closer to God. While you're online, why don't you head over and give us a like on Facebook or Instagram or check out our website at resound.church. You can subscribe to our content on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or head over to our website resound.church forward slash app to grab our app, which will keep you up to date with everything going on. Well, don't forget next week, there'll be another amazing podcast here to listen to from Resound Church. We hope you join us then.